Oh my god, what am I doing? Inequality, what can be done? Hi, welcome to Just Thinking Out Loud. My name is Desiree. This is a direct continuation of my past two videos on inequality. I was talking about why we should be skeptical of the data that is out there on wealth inequality. Let's jump right back into it. My fourth point was that data on inequality allows people to ignore what is going on in front of their real eyes in their real lives, instead looking at what the media is propagating. Mainstream narratives surrounding data that people don't fully understand, as I've explained, deliver up a universal truth that everybody can agree on. I don't believe that other people are always intentionally lying, but perceptions color reality. Why should my conclusions be the same as everybody else's? Moving away from statistical analysis, but still continuing on the idea that data is used to make people see the world as unfair, the breaking up of people into groups ignores the complexity of the world. It shows individuals as having their group characteristics, but yet there are differences within a group right down to the individual and often there's overlap. Experiences differ. And I know averages exist as well, but it's more complex than that. When data is talking about groups, people generally use it to inform their personal world when interacting with individuals. For me, personally, I was so skeptical about a lot of what I was hearing because I never came to the same conclusions that other people had on my own. I didn't think a certain way to see myself as a victim mainly and get that feedback from my experience or thought about it until other people started telling me that this is how things are. I think if things were true, then I would have been able to suss out a lot of things on my own, such as feeling discriminated against or feeling like I was being treated unfairly and blocked from opportunities more so than where I was before or more so than other people around me, especially because my entrance to the United States was surrounded in the community where it was the majority of the group that is supposedly so bad in being oppressive that I will not name. They were just too nice to me and are just too nice to me. Most people in the world are nice. Not everybody. There, there's some real a-holes out there. And sometimes I can be mean, believe it or not, myself. But for the most part, people appear the same in general, no matter where I've gone in the world. I'm not saying that differences don't exist, but I think I would have been able to come to the conclusion on my own that, hey, something's wrong here. It wasn't until everybody started telling me how things were that I was like, okay, I'm not going to just believe it, but I'm going to go read about it and find out about it. And then I still haven't been convinced of the way things are portrayed at least. I think that society on a whole should foster cohesion and persuade people to be nicer towards other human beings. But that's not necessary for a lot of the things that people say they want to see change. The media is constantly telling people to not have their own sense of agency and personal responsibility. It wears down the moral compass by promoting envy and jealousy, while it may also be ignoring the presence of real pain due to wanting to succeed in life and not being able to, or living and growing up in broken families. 
And still further, it presents a case of futility and then incites rage against people who are doing better off. Envy or jealousy or wanting status that others have can be great motivators. I'm not advocating for those things. But when those things turn into hatred that is then justified by allowing people to believe that it is righteous retaliation, it promotes first the mental and then otherwise attack on people who may be innocent, except of succeeding. And attachment of negative traits to people who may not be truly deserving of them because they don't actually possess those characteristics. And then there's the ignoring of the presence of those same traits within the group that is so-called righteous. That being bias and discrimination and prejudice. I'm talking different categories, not like immigration or gender or whatever people come up with. All in all, even if all this were true, that a specific group or specific groups are being targeted by discriminatory practices, despite the lack of proof other than the data that I've been saying is read wrong a lot of the times, it does not mean that advancement cannot occur. Groups have succeeded in the past in spite of these things, like I said in the last video, in a bit more detail. It doesn't stop people from focusing on their own problem rather than shouting at others to be more fair. If persons didn't care also, you wouldn't have a voice. And if people didn't care, it's nonsensical to go and ask them for help. And in the long term, always helping deprives a group from developing a competence independent of always getting help from others. This is on a group level or also on, a, on an individual level within your own life. And this leads to my biggest point. My biggest point. What can be done about inequality, social, and wealth. For one, stop sowing resentment between groups. The focus on inequality in terms of oppression ignores the avenues that others have taken to move up the income ladder. The path to less inequality is not through politics, at least historically. The path to less inequality is the development of the same skills within different groups. This does not mean that everyone has the exact same skills, but everyone is at a level of competence that brings the same level of income, even though it might be in different fields. And then there are some commonalities, like basic things like work ethic, for example. This is something that often comes from personal incentives. I did mention this before, that economic prosperity often comes before the lessening of discrimination. And I don't think you should count on the lessening of discrimination ever happening. People can go from an international perspective as well and look at empirical studies of multi-ethnic societies and see that there are groups who do well even in the face of discrimination. It's almost a mindset thing. Are you gonna focus on oppression or are you gonna focus on the people who did well despite oppression? Assuming that oppression exists, which I actually don't think is the case most of the times, but I'm just going based off of the standard narrative. It is, in a lot of ways, mental, as are most things in life. One might ask the question, how do people go about getting work experience and skills that would allow them to compete effectively in the market? The welfare state or government redistribution or rather distribution programs of wealth remove the incentive for people to gain the skills and work experience that they need. 
it is also helping to destroy the family unit. This is in different societies, not just in the United States. I say helping because I believe that individuals have a choice in this, although I understand that it is difficult to not respond to incentives. People who are better off coming from two-person households that value education, things that helps them get where they are, somehow think that others can succeed ignoring the very things that have helped them. That's why I don't like a lot of the talks surrounding these topics. It's good to have sympathy, but it's not good to have sympathy and then also not respect another person's agency at the same time and have different standards for yourself than you have for someone else. You have to have sympathy and practicality at the same time. Specific ways to help people gain the skills they need is to leave the economy alone. Remove minimum wage laws, especially, and maybe labor unions, because they stop people from getting the work that will help them get the skills that they need. The point is that it should be voluntary, not just that trade unions shouldn't exist at all. These were avenues that were available to other groups in the past, but now those options have been reduced in terms of building human capital. In terms of people's potential to achieve competence due to things such as IQ differences that we may be seeing play out in society, I think the only thing we can hope for is to assume potential and to create the environment for that potential to come out in, if it can be done. But this has to be considered when talking about differences. These kinds of things need to be considered if people are serious about understanding the problem for one, but then also trying to solve it. The fact that this is something that has been established but it's not very often discussed when talking about group outcomes in society is a little bit amazing. I didn't really know anything about these topics before maybe like three years ago. Whether or not IQ differences can change over time due to social environment such as culture or the adaptation to new environments, it's an issue in the present and it is crucial to the discussion at hand. And I totally get why people don't want to bring it up and talk about it because it can promote prejudice among those who don't fully understand what it says, but I don't think it really has a correlation with whether or not that prejudice exists. I think that prejudice would exist anyhow, and I've already talked about how it's actually often the inverse when people are very smart, they're treated badly. When you start blaming groups and picking up for specific groups due to different outcomes, it becomes very relevant. Those who continue to use data on wealth inequality to push the narrative of oppression in the name of doing good need to realize that they are also opening the floodgates of evil. Let me explain. No one is accountable for the actions of other people, but saying that they are trying to help reduce inequality by pointing out the differences between groups everywhere, all the time, is possibly a game that can be played forever, often with blood being shed at the end of it. Like I said, inequality is literally how everything has come into being. And if you point out differences as a way to help, people will begin looking at what you're afraid to look at. They are two sides of the same coin, the good data and the bad data. And in terms of politicians who bring up data, they will always position themselves as the ones to help others and so gain their dependence and support 
for helping them do things that they could have probably helped themselves with anyway. It's a social and moral issue, that being inequality and the causes behind it. But pitting groups against each other in the pursuit of a utopia where no one is prejudiced does not help. And it allows people to have preformed ideas in their heads before they even interact with another person about who is doing well and who is not, AKA prejudice. For something like IQ, I don't know. The best bet is to try and provide a better home environment. Also focus on things like health that may be negatively impacting intelligence, especially around the world, not in the US and first world countries where people are struggling a lot. And IQ is something that is selected for. Constantly removing incentives to compete in the marketplace through welfare is not helping because maladaptive traits will be passed down through culture or otherwise. It's just ensuring that people adapt to a state of dependency and lower expectations. I'll say again, as I always have to give this disclaimer, that I do think help should be given through charity, not through force through the state. And people can focus on helping others in emergency situations and things that can't be foreseen, or they can help people reach a certain goal, such as gaining job skills on their path towards a better future, which the modern welfare system does not discriminate for. You can focus on savings, even out of small incomes, and have long-term thinking. Entrepreneurship is also something that helps. Home ownership is also important, but this again involves long-term thinking. Even when people have the same income, they don't do the same things with it. Some people think short-term and some people think long-term about the accumulation of wealth over time. College education can also be a path, not a must, since entrepreneurship is the other path that one could take. But the kind of major that you choose is important and the quality of the education that's received is also important. Again, stop trying to just give people things without the foundation that brings these things around trying to mandate giving underperforming groups better access to housing, for example, by forcing the end products rather than focusing on things like building better credit is not helping. The big thing I don't like, affirmative action also is not helping for the same reason of lowering expectations and making sure as well that people don't think about that other groups who have to work harder actually become better in their competence because they're competing properly. I also saw an article recently, meaning like a year ago, on how people with Section 8 vouchers were basically now able to choose between living in luxury apartments versus going out and working. That's a cruel decision to give someone to make. So those are just some suggestions. Of course, I don't know everything, but I do think what I'm saying is sound. Actually, I'm pretty confident that it is sound. The most important thing is to stop sowing resentment between people among groups in such a place of abundant opportunity, in my opinion. Having been very close to poverty myself, I wouldn't call myself poor, but in American terms, most definitely I was. But this is a place of opportunity and people keep trying to take away those things that made it that place instead of focusing on paths that others have used. That concludes my mini series on inequality. Thank you so much for watching. Let me know what you think. I am sure you're going to have counter arguments to what I'm saying, but please actually argue what I'm saying and said, not what you think I said or your impression of what I said, which is usually what people end up responding to me about when they disagree. And if you have any more advice or things that you have thought about 
then let me know, put it in the comment section, let other people know. Have a great day. Thank you for watching. Don't forget to subscribe, leave comments. You can donate, support this channel, justthinkingoutloud.tv slash donate. It's fully supported by viewers and listeners. Goodbye. Have an awesome day. Bye. Remove minimum wage laws, especially and maybe labor unions, because they stop people from getting the work that will help them get the skills that they need. That's a bigger topic. I'm sure you've heard this opinion before. I'm coming from a more free market perspective where people can compete for lower wages, which will allow them to get the skills that they need. And I think I even made a video talking about how there are countries in the world that effectively don't have minimum wage that do very well. Uh, in terms of their unemployment rates and the strength of their economy. <sighs> Why am I trying to defend myself? You know, that's my opinion and I have reasons for having that opinion. And yeah, I'm sure I talked about it some other time. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny how my personality changes when I'm in front of the camera. All of a sudden, I become like a certain aspect of me that's not on all the time okay so I have that going and it's being weird don't know why it does that sometimes it just does that thing make sure all my connections are secure think so and then I'm just gonna get around to talking once I uh, set up this thing